An emotional night in Philadelphia as Claude Giroux plays his 1,000th and probably final game for the Philadelphia Flyers. We have a big weekend of games ahead, and the trade deadline is just three days away. All this and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Happy Friday. I am Gil Martin. She is Rachel Donner. You could find her on Twitter at rmiriam. I am at icewardsnyrvsnyi. We both want to thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Rachel, how are you? I don't know, man. I feel like hungover, but I didn't drink on St. <laughs> Patty's Day. Uh, a lot of emotions going on in Flyers land right now. Yeah, I could uh, fully understand that. The captain of the team, Claude Giroux, who has spent how many seasons in Philadelphia? Like 15. Yeah, uh, you know, a decade and a half almost in Philadelphia playing in his 1,000th game and the team also announcing that they're not going to dress him for the other games they have this weekend because everybody knows he is almost certainly headed out of Philadelphia after this. Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened last night and the emotions that were attached to it for the Philadelphia Flyers and their fans? Oh, man, it it was a lot because, you know, you want to celebrate – an occasion like that with a guy playing a thousand games, you know, all for the same team, which doesn't happen very often. And, you know, he had recently hit um, a couple of milestones. He got his 900th point this week for his NHL career. He passed Eric Lindros for eighth on the all time goal scoring list uh, with his 291st goal you know, he had been the all-star game MVP earlier this season. So there've been so many milestones for him this season. He's been the captain since 2012 and it's just been this, you know, bittersweet journey this season, especially, you know, as it became clearer and clearer that the team just wasn't going to make the playoffs and that with an expiring contract, it just made sense to try and trade him. And so the the celebration last night, I will tell you, the Flyers do some things very poorly, but one thing that they are absolutely brilliant at are these uh, ceremonies honoring players. And they just put on an absolutely perfect night for all of us with, you know, his family was there, his uh, two young boys kind of stole the show. They were in mini tuxedos and looked very, very cute. (laughs) And, um, you know, they had the team out there with him. There was a really wonderful highlight package they put together that included some, you know, tribute messages from former teammates like Simone Gagne, Wayne Simmons, Jake Voracek, Danny Breer, 
and it just all was so lovely. And I think all of us were pretty emotional because we, like you said, we all knew that this was going to be his last game because they were going to allow him to get to this mark. And, you know, he played most of the game. I think they kept him out of penalty kill situations and he wasn't out on the ice at the end of the game, you know, when they had to take some defensive zone face-offs. And I think they did do that on purpose just to make sure he was going to be okay. But he did play most of the game and, of course, was the number one star of the game. Although even, and this is the most Claude Giroux thing ever, he said, yeah, I didn't really deserve it because I didn't play that well. And you're just like, oh, my God, this whole night is about you. And he is one of the most humble people on this planet in this game. And so he hates attention being thrown on him. And like he won't even lead stretches in practice because he hates being in the center of the circle. But he's just one of these like quiet, hardworking leaders. And he he is a captain because he leads by example. And everybody aspires to work as hard as him and to be as dedicated as him. And I think that's what we've appreciated so much about him as a captain and you know, being one of the top guys on the Flyers for, you know, well over a decade. And, you know, for a lot of Flyers fans, like there is no Philadelphia Flyers without Claude Giroux. Right. Where would you put Giroux in the pantheon of great Flyers? I mean, there's the Bobby Clarks, the Bernie Perron, yeah. the Bill Barbers, Eric Lindros. Where, where, where does Giroux fit into that? You know, I always have a tough time with goalies, including them in the ranking. So obviously Bernie Perrant is that legend goalies. Drew is definitely top five. I would say, you know, for me, it's Bobby Clark, Bernie Perrant, Eric Lindros, Claude Giroux. Like those are my top four and you can put them in almost any order and it would be okay by me. So there's a Mount Rushmore. He's on it. He's absolutely on it. 100%. And I know, at least for me, a lot of us are still kind of bitter about that heart voting in 2017-18 when he should have been a finalist there. But I think like he's just one of those guys you're going to appreciate more once he's left the game and feel really stupid for not <laughs> saying more good things about him. And is there one moment in his career, like if you would say this – this moment encapsulates what Claude Giroux meant to the Flyers and to the game of hockey. Um, I'm going to cheat and pick two. And I will say, of course, it's going to be the quote unquote shift from the 2012 playoffs uh, in the series against Pittsburgh, obviously biggest rival first shift of the game. I was at this game. It was one of the most incredible things I have ever witnessed as a Flyers fan where he just lays out Sidney Crosby. Then there's a defensive zone face-off for the Flyers. They get it down the ice and Drew just snipes one in. And it, it was just like, I have never heard the building that raucous in my life. 
and it, it was just an incredible moment. And then I would add the other one is the overtime winner in the outdoor game again against the Penguins. Sense of theme here, <laughs> but uh, you know the Flyers came from behind to tie that one up late, and the weather was messy. It was it was just an emotional moment, I think, for a lot of people because the Flyers had not won an outdoor game up until that point, and I think that was the their fourth try. So uh, I think that. It was just a beautiful moment. And Drew Selly after that goal was just like, what, you expected less from me? <laughs> so it was just like encapsulated everything about him as a leader and, you know, who he is as a hockey player. Two excellent choices there by Rachel Donner. And uh, Claude Giroux definitely will be missed in Philadelphia. The one thing we do not know just yet where he is going to be, and, and also what the Flyers will get in return. We will talk about some of those issues and all things NHL trade deadline coming up later on in the show. But first, wanted to talk to you about Built Bar. Have you tried the Puffs? Well, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and like all Built Bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. So good, these are going to be your new favorites. And look, like all Built Bars, they're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bar with these, they are better and a typical candy bar can be anywhere between two and 300 calories. But most built bars are just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, yet they pack 17 grams of protein. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15. For 15% off at built.com. Don't forget on Monday, March 21st at 3.30 Eastern Time, tune into the Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone with appearances from our roster of local team experts. Plus, you can catch your own team's live show Got to check in with your local host for the exact time, but you'll get our immediate reaction to your team's moves. So, Rachel, the trade deadline Monday, uh, Monday afternoon, it's finally upon us. Who are some of the names that you think uh, are most likely to move? And, you know, let's start with Claude Giroux. Who are some of the candidates as to where you think he might end up? Yeah, there are a lot of rumors right now as of our recording. Uh, there is word that apparently he said no to the Rangers and Bruins, which good on him. And I think that it's been pretty clear that the two major contenders here are the Florida Panthers and Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, you talked about the Ben Chirot deal on yesterday's Locked On NHL show, but I think that a lot of people saw that as a benchmark because the Habs did get a lot in return, including Florida's 
2023 first round pick, which would have been, I think, something the Flyers would have demanded in return for Claude Giroux. And now that that pick is gone, it changes the dynamic of what the return could be. The other consideration to take into account is that Claude Giroux has a full no-move clause. And so he gets to pick where he goes. He has to approve this. So you're not going to get as blockbuster a return for him as the Habs got for Sherratt just because the team that they're trading with is going to have a lot more power in this because they know it could be the only place or one of two places that Claude Giroux is willing to go to. So always like to set those expectations <laughs> before people, you know, evaluate what kind of deal happens. But, you know, of course, like we mentioned, uh, Claude Giroux did not get on the plane with the team to Ottawa for tonight's game. So they're definitely holding him back right now. And Florida seems to be the lead contender right now. There's a couple options that I've heard, uh, one of which is uh, Mackie Samuskevich, Owen Tippett, and a pick, which would likely be a second rounder again. So they get two players plus a slightly lower pick because that first rounder is off the table. I've also heard uh, about instead of maybe Samuskevich, there would be Heponiemi, um, who plays for the Charlotte Checkers right now and is a little bit older and more seasoned. Uh, so you know, I think there's a lot of options on the table right now, but the Avalanche are still in it uh, as of recording. And so we'll see what happens there. But I'm expecting a good return, but not a great return. Again, given Claude Drew gets to go where he wants to, and then Chuck Fletcher just has to make the best deal he can, given those circumstances. Yeah. Is there a preference? I mean, you talked about uh, the Avalanche uh lacking a pick but is there a preference to get Claude Giroux into the Western Conference as opposed to in the East you know I don't think it matters as much because again he's on this expiring contract so he can then go wherever he wants after that so I you know I think for him the priority could be that he wants to be as close to home as possible and Florida would be that because it's a much easier flight than to Denver in terms of that. So I, I don't really care on that front. I would like Claude Giroux to be happy and to have the best chance to get a cup. That's my priority. And for me personally, I think he's a better fit in Colorado in terms of where he could fit into the lineup there. Um, he would be, you know, a, a great wing on that top line. You know, they have some injury woes right now that they're dealing with. And so he could really help them out uh, to close out the season and getting into the early playoff rounds. So, you know, I think that both teams are absolutely contenders. So I don't have any problem there. But again, I just want him to be happy and go where he wants to go. Is there any chance that over the summer he returns to Philadelphia on a new deal? Um, I, I, Those things just don't happen. I, I, I'm, I just don't think so. Uh, but you know, stranger things, as they say, <laughs> uh, we, you know, trade deadline coming up Monday, uh, injuries always sort of playing a part. And, you know, one of the players who's been talked about all season, uh, is Chikrin. And now he's injured, not a serious injury, but the timing could be a lot worse 
your thoughts about how the injury affects his trade value and where he might be heading. Well, it certainly does throw a wrench into things, especially because Arizona does have to maintain their salary cap at the floor. And so if they can't trade him, you know, they'll have that money on the cap, right? But if they do, they're going to have to maybe take on some external contracts to to get back up to the floor. So that's certainly a consideration there. And if they don't think they can get the return they want because of the injury, uh, that they could end up keeping him for now and deal with it in the offseason. Another player who is uh, rumored to be on the trade block, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. A couple of teams out there that we've you know, talked about in the past needing goaltending help. Any thoughts about where Flurry ends up? I don't think he's going to end up going anywhere. I think Ooh. that there just isn't like the right fit right now. And I just think the there's too much bad blood left with Vegas for that to be an option for him. And, you know, the, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to send him anywhere that he doesn't want to go. They've said as much and Flurry has said as much that there's, you know, an unspoken deal there about it. So... I don't think he's going to end up going anywhere. Interesting. What about some of the teams that are looking for either goaltending and or defense? To me, Toronto and Edmonton come to mind first. Uh, What do you think those teams will likely do and what they're looking for? Yeah, I think Toronto really could use a goaltender. Uh, They've just had some bad luck with injuries recently and uh, they've, been struggling, although they've been playing a little bit better in front of their goaltending the last few games. But I still think they need one going into a playoff run. And I personally would like them to, you know, maybe show some interest in one Martin Jones. I think he would be a phenomenal addition to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we could get something in return for that. But. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no ulterior motive there. No. None, none <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but honestly, I do think it would be a good fit for them. But it's just a matter of, you know, who else is out there that they might want more. But yeah, I think the the goalie market, I we thought may have been really hot this trade deadline season. And it could be a little bit cooler than we thought initially. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure Flurry goes anywhere. I, I still think there are teams that should make a move for a goalie, but the question always is, will they make a move for a goalie? It, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. T- to me, you know, Edmonton probably should make a move. That That's one team that, you know, I'm thinking about. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they approach the trade deadline you know, Edmonton and Toronto, especially, they need help, whether it's in goal or defense or both. They need to do something to improve if they want to make that long playoff run. But uh, we have to see if management goes that direction. It'll be it'll be an exciting weekend and Monday uh, in the NHL as the trade deadline arrives. Yeah, you know, we still don't know where Mark Giordano is going to end up on the defensive side. And there's a whole slew of depth defensemen. We talked about them last week, including Calvin DeHaan 
and Justin Braun. Um, you can tell the Flyers are sellers this year <laughs> by all the names I'm bringing up. Robert Haig, uh, ex-Flyer on that list currently in Buffalo. So I think that we will see some movement at trade deadline, but it may not be as spectacular as we might have thought maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I, you know, the fact that so many trades went down this week, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, the GMs wanting to get a jump, wanting to lock down a player before the bidding really heats up. Uh, I think that'll take a little bit of the edge off of Monday, but we have to see how that plays out. Absolutely. So, so before we-, we get to the weekend ahead. We're going to talk a little bit about Bet Online. And college basketball's tournament is here. It's finally upon us. The games have already been exciting. So, for all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just college basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So busy weekend, lots of great games to look forward to. And I think all three days of this weekend, we've got some very entertaining games and games with a lot of playoff implications, you know, in these races. I love this time of year as a hockey fan. For me, it's uh, always fun. And I look at tonight's schedule and the very first game that jumps out at me, Washington, Carolina, big matchup between two contenders in the Eastern Conference and and in the Metropolitan Division. Yes, and as we've been talking about, while the Eastern Conference is pretty much set in terms of who is going to make the playoffs, teams are still jockeying for position. And I think these games are going to start to take on more and more of a playoff atmosphere. And Washington, Carolina, I think is a great example of that. There is a little bit more of a rivalry building between those two teams. I know Caps fans do not enjoy (laughs) playing Carolina for sure. And so this should be a real fun one. I agree with that. And then uh, Boston, Winnipeg, another team, you know, two teams really who are fighting for playoff spots, trying to lock them down. And Winnipeg, still trying to find its consistency. It's a home game. It's uh, for them. It's in Winnipeg and they really need the two points. They do. They really do. But I think, you know, for me, Saturday looks like the more exciting day. Obviously there's more games because they start in the daytime, but I will say, uh, first off, the Rangers Islanders game from last night was tremendous. And goaltending battle. I'm sure you did. And I know Islanders fans were pretty happy about that win. And, you know, maybe they can carry over some of that energy against Dallas. And, you know, Dallas is really hungry right now to get some points to move up because they have four games in hand 
on Vegas, who's in the number two spot on the wild card. And so this is a perfect opportunity for Dallas to get some points. But, you know, the Islanders are trying to win out games this season. So I think that's like a sleeper for a good game. Yeah, and it's a good way to start your afternoon. And then uh, another afternoon game that would follow shortly after the Dallas Islanders game, the LA Kings, who are surprising a lot of people by being in the in the thick of the playoff hunt, and the Vegas Golden Knights, who you mentioned before. You know, both teams need the two points, and winning in regulation even would be a big deal as opposed to having this game go to overtime or a shootout. Yeah, neither team wants to give the other one points with the Kings uh, currently in second in the Pacific. Like I said, uh, Vegas is now in that number two spot in the wild card. So they need to keep getting points to keep up with Dallas, who has those games in hand. And it should be a fun one. No question about that. And then uh, 7 o'clock, what I think will be a great game, the Toronto Maple Leafs visiting the Nashville Predators, Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, but two teams definitely in the thick of the fight for playoff standing. Yeah, Toronto's going to want to keep pace and stay Mm -hmm. above Boston and Washington in that wild card race. And Nashville, who just lost to the Flyers in last night's game, you know, they're in the first wild card spot. And so having just lost one, I think they'll be hungry to try and uh, keep that at a at a single game. So I, I think that that should be a pretty exciting one. And then the New York Rangers visiting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Rangers looking to get back on track after that frustrating loss to the Islanders last night. Tampa Bay, you know, these two teams very close in the standings in the Eastern Conference. Tampa Bay fighting for first place in their division. Uh, This, you know, two Eastern Conference powerhouses going head to head. Yeah, the Rangers have an interesting weekend ahead because, like you just said, they're playing Tampa on Saturday and then Carolina on Sunday. So I think this is going to be a real test for them in terms of being able to keep up with the competition on a consistent basis and going into a potential playoff series. Can they, you know, maintain their level of play and, you know, with Shesterkin kind of carrying them? for a, a decent percentage of, of their success, this is a really good opportunity for them to show that they're more than just Chisterkin. And then as a nightcap, the late game that I am most interested in, Calgary and Vancouver, two Western Conference Canadian teams. Vancouver is still sort of hanging around, fighting for that playoff spot in Calgary, uh, a little closer to the top of the standings, but uh, both of them, again, need the two points. They do. I think that should be a, a fun one as well. It's always you know, tough, I think, for a team like Vancouver, who maybe if, if they had started a push a little bit sooner and made the coaching change a little bit sooner, could have been you know, a little bit closer to the playoff spot. But, you know, they're still trying. They are. They, they're not giving up just yet. Sunday, uh, a few really interesting games to me, East versus West, Dallas and Washington, sort of two teams on the bubble. The, these are your teams fighting for the wild card spots. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, this weekend is looking real good with a lot of these 
games and a lot of, you know, East versus West games that have implications for both teams. And I love that Dallas Caps matchup. Yeah, that, that should be a good one. And then the other one that you mentioned before, Rangers in Carolina, that's a six o'clock Eastern start in Carolina. And, uh, you know, it also means a lot for, for the Hunter in a fight for first place in their division as well. Yeah, and I think overall this weekend is going to be fun in terms of the trade deadline and who's getting held off the ice. Is anybody going to get pulled off the ice in the middle of a game? Uh, I always enjoy those moments because, you know, it creates some additional excitement around the action. Absolutely does and absolutely will. We want to thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And now Fantasy League playoffs coming up, so it's a great time to check out that podcast. Rachel, always a pleasure to do the show with you every Friday and uh, hope you have a great weekend. You too. And uh, we'll see what team Claude Giroux is on when we're back next week. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. And thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.